You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Lacrosse Boots. Now, Lacrosse is at it again with a new line of lace-up hunting boots, the Navigator Series. And in that Navigator Series, there are two models. There's the Atlas for men and the Windrose for both men and women. To find out more information about this new Navigator Series, visit lacrossefootwear.com. What's up, guys? This is episode number 42 and the last episode of the Local Legends series. Today, we're going to throw a change-up at you, and we're going to talk to a Yankee. That's right. We're talking to Rick Kiley from New York about how he hunts pressured whitetails. Get ready. This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I am excited to be here with you today. I'm super excited about this episode. And, um, you know, the thing is, we, we, we started this Local legend series, and uh, we've had a couple of hiccups in the guests. And uh, I've been trying to work with today's guests on a, uh, a good time to record, and it just has not worked out. And so we did a couple of other podcasts in between. Uh, and kind of broke up the the Local Legends series a little bit. But this will be the fourth and final episode of the Local Legends series. And, um, man, it has been so much fun to talk to some of these guys and, and hear their different tactics. And this one is, is, is no different. It is like um, every question that I ask Rick through the course of this episode is uh, his answer was it blew me away. It was not what I was expecting. And so I think it's going to... Um, help you, man, take notes. Uh, it, it was just some really, really good information um, from Rick Kylie. You may know Rick as um, <clears throat> on Instagram. His handle is at double lunger and uh, that's D O U B L E underscore L U N G E R R R R. I think it's four R's at the end. Um, you may have seen him on, on Instagram, uh, man, and this guy just kills big deer every single year in southern new york he's like he's just he's just super smart very wise very humble and you'll be able to tell that from this episode he talks about a lot of really good stuff that i think you're going to enjoy and i want to say this before we get started um this is the first time i have ever had anybody on the show that was not from the south um i I think it was the first it's the first time we we interviewed the hunting public last year but they were hunting in the south uh hunting turkeys in alabama uh, so that was probably the closest thing to somebody not from the South, um, that we've ever had on the episode, but, but Rick's talking about hunting pressured whitetails in his home state of New York. And, um, the reason I wanted to have him on is because of his style of hunting is very similar to what we do down here. We've got a lot of hunting pressure, especially if you're hunting public land. And Rick talks about how he kind of breaks down an area based on certain things that he finds and kind of his, uh, I guess you could call it his his tactic um, based on the time of the season that it is. And it's just really good. It's really solid information. So I think you're going to like this one. Um, not only that, Rick is just a super good guy. He is a uh, um, just a, a really nice guy, always willing to help. I was actually texting him last night after we finished the interview. And he was sending me pictures of, of a lot of the bucks that he put his friends on. Um, throughout the throughout the years and it was just man he's just a good guy and these deer 
I'm not I'm not talking about just like okay bucks. I'm talking about like really really good deer that he's put his friends on and that he's killed himself and um man it's just a really good episode so i think you're you're really going to enjoy that a couple things before we get into the episode check out onyx maps um check out tetherednation.com it is august and tethered is releasing multiple things throughout the whole month of august um the versus straps um a couple uh, the uh the predator pouch um, which if you have not seen that, you should go check it out. You can check that out on, on their Facebook or Instagram. That's Tethered Nation or um, even on mine on the Southern Ground Instagram page. Uh, that's at Southern Ground Hunting. And then on Facebook, that's at Southern Ground Hunting as well. And uh, I've posted a couple pictures of some of the things that we, uh, we got to play with at the expo from Tethered. So go and check that out. I think you're going to enjoy that. Um, actually, I'm pretty excited about this episode because we, we talked very little about saddle hunting and i know some of you guys are not saddle hunters and you're tired of me talking about saddle hunting so much um and so uh i can imagine you are uh gonna be happy with this episode because we don't really talk much about saddle hunting um but yeah i think that's uh gonna be about it real quick actually uh this month at the end of the month august 24th uh i am hosting southern ground is hosting a saddle hunting demo day and that's going to be in odinville alabama you can go on facebook to the southern ground facebook page and click on events and you'll see all of the details for the demo day and this is a good chance for you guys um, who are not saddle hunters yet but you want to become one or you want to at least look at it and try something and and see if it's for you this is a good opportunity for you to do that it's 100 percent free i'm going to provide lunch uh, we're going to shoot our bows for a little bit, so if you plan on being there, make sure you bring your bow. Um, it's just going to be a good time, good time getting to, getting to meet some new people and, um, and hang out and check out the saddle gear. If you are already a saddle hunter, I, I don't have to tell you this, but you are invited as well uh, just to come and show your, your climbing methods, your saddle setups, and um, it's just going to be a fun time to hang out and, and talk about deer hunting for a little bit and get excited about the season. I know you Tennessee guys will not be making it because y'all have got the Velvet Hunt coming up that same weekend. And uh, so I, I said it in the last episode, but I would be mad at you if you skipped the Velvet Hunt to come to the Saddle Demo Day because I, I, I'm telling you, if I had a place to hunt in Tennessee, the Demo Day would not have been that weekend. Um, I would love to be able to chase those Velvet Bucks in Tennessee. And uh, so go and do that. If you're, if you're going to be out there hunting that weekend, good luck. I think it's going to be a, a, a good start to the season. So I wish you guys luck. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think there is. So let's get into this episode. This is the last episode of the Local Legend series. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. Um, I will say before we get started, I am planning on doing a um, full episode dedicated to recapping some of the... Um, key points and key tactics that a lot of our legends have uh have given us and um me and uh my buddy ted bright who some of you may know we're going to be breaking it down and and really diving deep into some of the things that our local legends have have talked about so i think that's going to be a good episode y'all look for that in the very near future but yeah that's going to be it let's get into this episode with mr double lunger himself rick kiley All right, guys, welcome to the very last episode of the Local Legends series, and I am sitting here, um, and, and I'm really kind of surprised with myself because 
I'm, I'm doing something with the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast that I've never done before. And we're going to be talking to uh, somebody who's not from the South. And actually, I don't know that you can be further from the South where, where this guy is from. Um, but, <laughs> but he has got so much knowledge on deer hunting that I felt like it would just be um, completely ridiculous to not have him on the show just because he's not from the South. And I think you guys are going to learn something from, from him. On the show today, we have Mr. Rick Kiley. Uh, from New York. Rick, how's it going, man? All right, Parker. I really appreciate uh, the words that you're saying in your intro, and thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Hey, I'm not going to I'm not gonna uh, lie to you guys who are listening to this right now. Um, this, is, <laughs> this is the second time we've recorded this intro, so uh, I, I had a full memory card on, on the Zoom uh, recorder, and we talked for about, I don't know, what do you think, Rick, about 10 minutes? and uh, yeah about that that's cool <laughs> things happen you know yeah yeah for sure for sure you know this you got one... yo you got to go with the flow you got to go with the flow and keep it positive exactly <laughs> exactly on a positive note that's we it. get to sit here for an extra 10 minutes now and talk about deer hunting again so how bad can it, it possibly be you know what i mean um without a doubt so 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 rick um actually didn't know your your actual last name um, until just recently, and you're the one on this phone call, you told me how to pronounce it. But I wrote this blog yep. article a couple weeks ago uh, on southerngroundhunting.com, and it was like 10 people, 10 people you need to be following on Instagram. And uh, and you were one of them, and I didn't even know your name. And as I was writing it out, I was like, um, this guy, Double Lunger, also known as. And I was <laughs> like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I got to figure out what this guy's actual name is because i don't know what it is uh but but i found it i actually found it on uh clint campbell's uh podcast uh the truth from the stand yep. that you were a guest on yeah and uh I, I searched i searched your instagram name and his his podcast pulled up and i was like okay perfect rick kiley that's great um yep. but but man that's that's i've been following you for probably now about two years and uh and man you you do, you know what you're doing, and you can tell that. I follow you throughout the deer season, throughout the off season. Every time you post something, it just just gets me jacked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's hard work. It's something I really love to do. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's it's not just it's not just hunting season. It's uh it's pretty much year round. Yeah, yeah, that's what you said. You said that to me earlier. You said when we first were on the phone, you're like, man, th this is my life. This is what other than my family. Uh, my job, my yep. house, like it's deer hunting. That's, that's what this is all about. That's why I was put on this earth. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> I'm here for a reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Population control. God knew, God that's knew it. when that's he made you, <laughs> he's like, Hey, somebody's got to take all. care of the deer. Ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So, oh, that's great. um, so Rick, before we before we really get into the the podcast and get into talking about deer hunting, um, man, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself so people can have kind of a a background of who you are, what you do, and uh, and you know I think it's really good in a podcast episode, especially during this local legend series where um, we're we're really talking about the the lifestyle of of being an outdoorsman. Uh, it's really important to put that into context with. Um, what you do 
other than deer hunt. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, I'm 47 years old. I live in Southern New York. I work for UPS going on 25 years now. I'm a shop steward for local 804 of the Teamsters of New York in the local region. Uh, I'm a very competitive archer. I'm a ambassador pro staff shooter for Elite Archery. Also, the TOG group area with uh, Scott CBE Slick Trick. My daughter Sage is unbelievable. Right at my side shooting since she was three years old. We've she's grown up. She shot a first deer last year at twelve years old. Wow! I saw uh, that. That was pretty cool. I I, I was keeping up with that uh, that whole deal. Yeah, dude. That. That's cool. That was incredible last year. I mean, we'll get into it, I'm sure, but that oh, was yeah. the highlight of my hunting career. Yeah, uh, man, that's 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 super cool. You know, I, I got to spend uh, the, I guess it was probably four or five years ago, and see my wife shoot her first year, and I got to be there with her. It was like, oh, that's awesome. It was like nothing that I've ever gotten to experience, and now I've got these two little kids. I just have a newborn and and a two and a half year old, and I'm like chomping at the bit to get them out in the woods man so i can imagine how it felt yep uh, that's um, it was that was that was an incredible day especially just preparing every preparing the stands the wind and where we had everything set up to get her to have her best chance and it happened it was incredible that's cool. it really was incredible and she shot she shot it with a bow right yeah yeah man it was uh actually her her third sit her first sit she shot a spike just a tiny bit low her second sit, she passed on a couple little bucks and little fondos, and this was her third sit in the morning. And uh, I'm going to say right at like 7.30. It was perfect. It couldn't be any better. Perfectly came up the run that we set up for. It was a double long wolf set. I was behind her. I, I got my phone out, and I pretty much just acrimented to her what to do. I stopped the buck for her, and she just 12-ringed it, man. The, the, the buck went 50 yards and flipped over, got it all on video. Look at my Instagram, you'll see it. And that, and it was an excitement that came over me for a 12-year-old kid since shooting with me since she was three years old, going with me state to state competitively and just keeping up with it as much as – and I, didn't, I never wanted to push her into it. And it was just – it was amazing to see that arrow and her shoot this buck the way she did it and keep it all under control and nail it was – that was probably the best kill of my life right there that's, with my daughter. That's awesome. And the cool thing yeah, is, is, is now you get to keep doing it over and over again. <laughs> like, yes, just, sir. She's, if she's anything like I know probably you were and how I was as a kid, man, once I shot that yep. first deer, it was, it was done for me. Like I was like, oh yeah, game, uh, game on yeah, that's it. <laughs> for the rest of my life, man. I'm just oh, yeah. like like we said. I'm just population control. That's it. That's all I am yep. at that point. <laughs> uh, uh, so that's great. So speaking of that, man. So I, I'm interested to hear about your journey, how you started deer hunting, and um, kind of kind of what that looked like for you. Well, I was uh, I'm going to say eight, nine, eight or nine, around ten years old. I had uh, my parents had split up when I was young, and I had two gentlemen that lived on either side of me as my neighbors and they were both very avid deer hunters bow hunters not gun hunters strictly bow hunters and back in the, the early 80s you really never saw any of that you'd see like yeah. you'd watch burt reynolds on tv and he'd shoot with a with a, with a recurve and stuff but 
to hear in New York that, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to hunt with my bow. It's like, who does that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So these guys really, really kind of took me under their wing at like 10 years old, bought me my first bow. Kind of every time they did something local or, or, or went to the bow shop or went to buy arrows, they said, come on, jump in the truck. Let's go. They always included me just a little bit, just to keep me interested, you know? Yeah. They taught me how to shoot a bow. And just like I took Sage out last year on November 17th, they took me out for my first time when I was 14, upstate New York in the mountains, and uh, pretty much showed me the ropes until I was old enough to have my first license, my first tag. And I got up in that tree, open in the morning, uh, New York, upstate deer season, and I killed my first buck, and it was a four-pointer, just like Sage's. And from that day on, with those two men, that took me under their wing and showed me the magic on shooting a bow and arrow and harvesting a white-tailed deer. I am totally elated at this time of age in life to look back and say, if it wasn't for those two men, I don't know where I'd be now. Yeah. <clears throat> and how it changed my life and, and even how I do things outside of just sitting in a tree, being quiet, listening to the birds, hunting the wind, and just enjoying what you're doing at that time and being respectful to everything around you. Things yeah. could have been a lot different if it wasn't for those two guys doing what they did for me, you know? Man, that's that's good. And, and you yeah, know, hunting's hunt, just not killing a deer. Right. The older you get, the more you realize, geez, there's something more to this. Absolutely, man. You know, it's more in your heart, your mind, and, and, and your future and your past. Got a lot to it. Oh, yeah. Hey, like, I've been, I've been deer hunting now. I, I have a similar story as far as age. I started, uh, I went on my first deer hunt whenever I was seven. And got to see my dad. My dad killed actually two deer on that trip. And from that point on, I was, you know, I was, I was just, you know, awestruck by it. I I couldn't think about anything else. Um, And I hadn't even killed a deer. I think I killed my first deer when I was 10. Um, But, you know, throughout the years, you go to different deer camps or, um, you know, I I work at a church full time and and that's my job. And um, there's been, there's been some days whenever I've, you know, killed a deer on a Saturday night, late Saturday night, and still had it in the back of my truck on a Sunday morning so I could take care of it, you know, the next day. And, and I don't know of a single, uh, especially little boy. I I don't know of a single little boy that has ever seen a deer and not been somewhat captivated by it. Like they want to see it. They want to touch the eyes, right? Let's take the fingers in the mouth, touch the eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And I think it's our responsibility to be like, like like your two neighbors were um, for those guys, you know. Yeah. Not everybody's a deer hunter, and that's okay. Um, but yep. man, how awesome is it that? Yeah, I, I think especially little boys are just born with like this instinct that this is what we're supposed to do. I'm supposed to like this, and yeah, um, no doubt. And, and we have an opportunity to you know do do what you do. The reason I'm the way I am is because my dad took time whenever I was seven years old to take me out, you know, and your neighbors took time to, uh, I'm sure it wasn't convenient. It's not convenient to take a little kid, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I I feel the same way. And, and, and it means so much to me now as I grow older and, 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 and wiser and and figure things out a little more that I even love sharing it with men that are just getting into it now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, they know me from Instagram and, or, or I'll meet them at the local archery shop and, and look, I love helping people. Yeah. I love showing people how to tune their bow. I love showing people how to, what tree stand you should get, how to hunt the wind and, 
And I even bring, I even bring them with me sometimes. Come on, let's go. You know, Sage is good. I'm good. Let me get you in a tree. Let's get you a shot at one. And yeah, and, and it's to me, to me, like we talked about before, it's not the me, 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 and the greedy. It's my buck. It's my deer. Those days are over. It's it's how you feel and what you give out is what's really comes full circle to me in this time of my life from what I learned in the past, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm the same way as you, man. I, I, and especially since I've started doing this podcast and uh, doing YouTube videos and stuff like that, um, there's more people for, for a very, very long time. Um, I've always, my dad's a pastor. Uh, I'm a pastor. So we, we kind of have like a small little, um, you know, line of pastors in our family. And, um, yeah, and for, that's so, awesome. for so many times or for so many years, uh, people don't really realize, didn't really realize how much of a deer hunter I was. And, uh, you know, they, they saw me as the pastor's kid or, or the worship pastor, you know, that's, that's kind of what it, what it kind of boiled down to. And, and I'm still that I'm still every bit of that as I was before. Um, but now yeah. I have kind of a, a public platform uh, of deer hunting. And so, you know, I see, I, I get people all the time coming to the church like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much, how much you like to deer hunt. I, I've, it's been something I've really, yeah. I've really wanted to go and do. And I actually got to take yeah. a guy out last year and he got to see his first deer from a tree and, uh, and like he got to watch a bunch of turkeys, you know, go up to roost and, and it was just really cool. He was captivated. Now, like he's just, he's just pumped about it. And another guy, uh, yeah. got to kill his first deer last year and he wanted to kill his first deer, um, using water access with a bow on public land. Like he was just, that's just what oh, he wanted to do. That's great. And he did it that's last awesome. year Yeah. on his second year. He yeah. did it. And it was just, it was just really cool. And I think it's our responsibility, um, as avid outdoorsmen to get the, the new guys into it. Like that is everything. That's how we keep this sport. That's how we keep it around. And I agree a hundred percent. Hundred percent. Absolutely. So, so you're from New York. Like I said, it, it's not really like a a, a state that, uh, at least for me, I don't ever think. You know, one of these days, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to New York, where the big bucks live. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to New York. I'm gonna go to New York. I'm coming home with a 180. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just not one of those like destination spots, you know. Uh, now I'll hunt wherever yeah. I get the opportunity to. But um, how I, I, I'm interested to know, like. So you, you started out in, I guess you killed your first deer in New York. Is that right? Yep. Upstate though. Upstate in the mountains. I, okay. I live in Southern New York. Okay. Little, you know, the most Southern tip of New York. Okay. So, so you live there in New York. Um, I hear a lot of people talk about how high the pressure is in New York. And, and I want to know, has that ever been anything <clears throat> that bothered you or, or was it kind of a, a fuel for you? It definitely, because it's, it's, it, you'll have suburb areas and you'll have open state timber, open county timber. But to answer your question, I guess I'm going to say it bothered me years and years ago. That makes sense. Because I kept make I kept, I kept making big mistakes with other hunters and, with the way I set up or, or somebody would intrude on me or I'd intrude on them by accident. And it was more of a frustrating, but the more I adapted to it and learned from my mistakes, the more mistakes I made, I figured out what the deer were doing with that pressure. 
And as years went on, and sometimes it would take 10 years for one little area for me to realize I got to be 90 yards down this way because this is what happens when the wind is out of the east and when everyone's hunting in the middle on sign that's made in the middle of the night. And this is where the deer are going to be all day during the day, whether it's a mature buck or a foreign doe or a button buck. Yeah. So to, to answer your question, the more mistakes and frustration I made, the more I learned by accident and trial and error, and I kept pushing further and never gave up. So the knowledge that I know now through the years, I'll say through 30 years of trial and error and even learning by accident after the fact of shooting a good deer and then figuring it out after that saying, geez, this is what happened. I didn't mean for it to happen like that. <laughs> but after figuring out why that happened, holy crap. And then going the next year and reproducing that, knowing that's going to happen, that's when everything starts clicking. If yeah. that makes sense to you. Oh, yeah. It's, it's almost in reverse and going backwards. <laughs> that, and and this is the you know actual I, I know exactly what you're saying and this is really why I wanted to have you on is because I think so many guys can relate to to that or maybe they're still in the the time of their their hunting life when they're just frustrated and, and you said a key word and and we actually talked about this before we hit record um we talked about this a, a little bit you, you said a key word as you figured it out and, um, yeah. and that's, that's huge. You know, it, it's huge into, uh, it comes into play in, in, in just a massive way whenever you're talking about, um, being frustrated and being, uh, maybe in some ways a little bit jealous of other people who are, who are doing a good job of it. Uh, they're, they're killing big bucks yep. and you cannot figure out how, how to do that. And then maybe you get lucky and you do it and then you can't replicate it. Um, and it just, it, it's all part of this progression that, that all leads to those, those three words, figure it out. And, and, and the, 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 the key word that you're saying, if, if I interrupt you real quick, cause yeah. I want to say it's on my mind, cause this is so important on actually how I try to explain to people <clears throat> who ask questions about hunting and, and, and knowledge of, of, of even just, I'm not even going to say mature bucks. I'm not even get into that yet. I'm just going to get into regular deer movement in the woods. The progression of figuring something out didn't happen overnight for me, but it clicked after 30 years Yeah. of, of making many, many mistakes. And, and, and it's like a 30 year pattern that a fisherman keeps going out to the grounds and only catches fish on the East wind on a rainy day. Why? You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it, almost like it, it, it's almost like it just clicked after 30 years. And I really picked up on that. And I can almost hunt my hunting season in four different quarters. Yeah. From beginning, middle and end from, from how deer are going to move. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes perfect sense. And, and uh, I don't know, um, Rick, are you familiar with Dan Infault? Oh yeah, yes so, sir. I am. So, so you're yep, yep. You, you're familiar with the hunting beast, and and one of the things that I that I hear people say all the time is, oh, you know, this stuff doesn't work, or I tried this and it didn't work. And and one of the things that Dan says all the time is, you know, it it this is just a progression. It's not like you're going to start this style of hunting and all of a sudden be on big bucks. You got to yep. you got to put yep. these pieces together, and it takes time, and it takes a lot well, of work. You got to be all in, just not for this year, but for the rest of your life. Exactly. 
Exactly. And, and I'm all about mobile hunting and public land hunting and, um, and you know, beast kind of this beast style. Uh, I'm all about it. Like I'm, I'm 100% in and I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Um, it, it's the same thing like with the, with the saddle hunting, uh, people look to something like yep. a saddle and think, Oh, this is the, this is the, the, the thing that is going to make me a big buck killer. And it's not like, if you're not a good deer no. hunter, yep. a saddle's not going to make you a good yep. deer hunter. You know, it's a, it's a good <laughs> yep. part of the puzzle for you. Um, if that's yep. the way you want to go, it's a, it's a huge piece of the puzzle, but it's not at the end of the day, it, you're trying to just put a, a giant puzzle together. And, and, and I, th- I think so many people just forget about that, man. Like they forget that yep. it's not a, there's not a one fix for it. The the only fix for it yep. is figuring it out, put the puzzle together. And so, you know, for me, man, I, I'm, I'm a lot like you. I want to, I want to figure it out. That's my drive. Um, and what I'm not like you in is, um, I, I don't feel like I've, I have figured it out. You know, I, I'm, I'm still learning and I'm sure you're still learning something new every single time. Oh, you yeah. go. It, I, I'm going to, I'm going to die with this sport still learning. And that's the attitude that I always have. Yeah. I'm never, I'm never not done. I'm never not going to be done. There's always yeah. going to be something that's going to keep me saying, you know, I just want to go 20 more feet or I want to go another five years and, and I just want to see what's over the hill. It's always going to be like me following the carrot. Like, all right, what's next? Where are we going? What's next? It's never going to be done. It's not like, okay, I figured it out. I can kill a big one every year or, or a big doe or a good one. And no, I just got to keep, it's just got to keep turning it over. Saying, all right, what's, what's next? What's going on here? Yeah. So, so on, on that, uh, what for you, would you, I guess before we really get to the meat of the podcast, what for you is going to be like, what's your next thing? Like, what's your, I guess if you were to have a goal, what would that be for you? <clears throat> what my goal would be in hunting in deer hunting. Yeah. Yeah. My goal for me in deer hunting is my daughter doing it with me every year. <clears throat> and me just keep doing what I'm doing and keep having fun and figuring out what I'm figuring out. Yeah. And keep the people around me that are positive. I have a couple of good friends and anyone that comes in contact with me or I meet and just help. No, no begrudging, no jealousy and just keep it real. Keep being a good person. Yeah. That's, that's good. That's good, that's, man. And that's straight, that's straight up honest. Look, I can sit here and tell you, I want to, my goal is to kill a giant, huge buck every year, but you know what? I know that's not going to happen. I'm good with a big, healthy, fat doe with a clean kill, a double lung, watching her fall over and sharing it with friends and bringing in the truck and my daughter and my family and then having the rights and willingness and respect to eat it. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say, I want to kill a giant every year because that's not, that's not a fact. You know what I mean? I'm going to try. I'm going to do the best I can until a certain point. Then, you know, when it comes to shooting does, I love shooting does, just like I love shooting bucks. Heck yeah. <laughs> Me too, man. I got, I say it a lot, but <laughs> I'm an, I'm an opportunist when it comes to does. Like if I almost love shooting does better. <laughs> yeah. You meet up with a couple of friends. Yo, today, today we're going to kill some does. Yeah. All right. We're shooting one. <laughs> yeah, man. We're not going to sit there and pass, pass 11 deer before we can kill one a month yep. down the road, you know? <laughs> yep. I understand that, man. <clears throat> So, so yeah. let's, let's talk about this. Okay. Let's talk about big bucks. Cause I'm, I'm, 
itching to get into this. And I know a lot of our listeners, especially listeners who right. who follow you and know who you are, um, kind of want to yep. just I just kind of want to pick your brain on killing mature bucks. And if you um, can pick it, if you can pick it, I'm going to answer it. <laughs> so so. <laughs> So Rick, let's let's just kind of start with like this. When when did you become uh when did when did the thing click for you that you're going to be a mature buck killer? Boy, I'm probably going to go back to Thanksgiving 1993. Okay. I started at UPS 94. My first year working at UPS. It was I'm telling you, it's the UPS, man. I know a lot of deli- delivery you, drivers. I, I, that's how that's how that's how I remember the date. <laughs> I know a <laughs> lot of delivery drivers. Yeah. I know a lot of them that that kill kill deer. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about it, but for some reason, delivery drivers know how to kill deer. But go ahead. So you're you're starting to work for UPS. <laughs> that's great. Yep, it was my first year working for UPS. Thanksgiving morning. It was a morning hunt, <clears throat> and. I have this little piece of property, private piece of property to hunt east of my house, where I, my local town. <clears throat> and the sun was just coming up. And I'll never forget this. I looked to my right down the run that I'm sitting on. And I knew nothing about wind. I didn't even know wind bothered deer. I just got in a tree and I killed my doe or button buck every year. And that was it. Then I went duck hunting, you know? Yeah. So here I am a normal morning, Thanksgiving morning. I get up in the tree. Sun's coming up. I look down the run and here comes an absolute stud big black rack walking down the run like he's in pure rut didn't even care what was going on he, he five yards throw back my bow i got him my heart is pounding out of my face and i miss him <laughs> oh, i miss no. him five yards i panicked right over his back i couldn't even believe what just happened biggest buck i've ever seen in the woods <laughs> so <laughs> i can only hunt weekends so from then on I said to my friend, I said, that is it. I am coming to this tree every single chance I get until this season is over. And December 15th rolls around, 1994, and here comes that same buck from the same direction, almost down to the minute. And he gets in front of me in the same exact spot, and I drill him. And he runs over the hill, and all I can still remember to this day, so vividly and perfect, blood running over the hill, Blood shooting out of the side of this big giant body. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, it was incredible. I go to the bottom of the hill and there's my first Pope and Young buck. And uh, that was it. After that, I'm like, there is something about this that I really got to dig into now. This is incredible. And so, that's what did it. That's what really said, I want to do this and I want to have one of these and I want to touch one of these and I want to pull them in my house and I'm not going to let them go. <laughs> man. That's cool. That was it, man. That 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 buck, and I'm looking at him right now. I'm sitting in my trophy room. I'm looking at him right now. That's he's, awesome. he's what started me right there to really. I haven't duck hunted since. Sold my <laughs> boat. Sold everything. That's, that's. I'm not kidding. That's great. I sold my shotguns. That's it. My life is to the, the white tail buck and them things on his heads. You know. <laughs> yep. That's cool. So, <laughs> so you you kind of said something in that that I caught on. I caught on to that really goes against a lot of what a lot of people would do in mature buck hunting as you said you wanted to sit at that tree at that same tree yep from there on out until every, you killed him every, every single day until i kill it and it worked and it worked now it worked do you think 
and, 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 and I'll tell you right now, because I know the question is coming. I got real lucky. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. And that deal, sure. that deal, that deal was probably very, very patternable and very, very comfortable where he was going. Just like people, everyone takes the same way every day. Somebody, some people don't. This deer, I guess, like to go the same way every day. But I thought about what you're going to ask me. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that—that that goes against what a lot of people say. Is if you want to kill mature bucks, you need to stay out of there unless it's perfect, or um, you know, the first sit, yep. best first sit, best sit rule is um, talked about a lot. And I, you know, I do that most of the time. Most of the time, I. I'm not going to go sit in the same area over and over and over again. Um, yeah. But you said you got lucky. And I think a lot of guys can relate to that. Like, you know, my first big deer that I ever shot, I, I just, it was luck. It was just blind luck. I I could probably look yep. back on it now if I, if I had the weather stats and all that. The stuff that I know now, I could probably put the piece together of why I killed that buck, the reason he was there on that specific day. Um, you know, I could. I could probably put it together now, but truth is I, yeah. I just got lucky and, and it hooked me yeah. though. Um, yeah. and I think that happens, man. That happens every once in a while. Every once in a while, you're just going to get, you're just going to get lucky and you may, yep. <laughs> may, may have done something really stupid and then just happens to work out in your favor. But so, so yep. you, you killed this Pope and young buck, which is insane. Um, yep. it's a, that's a great story. Uh, I'm, I'm going to imagine that you probably, at that point in time, you liked to deer hunt, but it was, um, like I said earlier, more of you, more of an opportunist. What changed right there? Um, what What did you decide to start doing different? Shed hunting. Okay, it's not what yeah, I. From expected. that time on, <clears throat> from that time on, back then there was no cell phones, there was no internet. I mean, there wasn't internet for years. There was no cell phones for years, so. I would always get the subscription in my, uh, in my, uh, in my mailbox of deer and deer hunting or buck masters. That was like our only open world to learn about, learn about deer movement, learn about, uh, no feather and, and Dan Fitzgerald and all, all, all the old time seventies and the sixties. And even Fred bear, I, I, I read articles when Fred bear was alive on, you know, going in the woods and, 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 and I'm pretty sure it was, it was an article that I read from Noel Feather or Dan Fitzgerald that if you're going to kill a big buck, now this is after I shot that first deer. Now I really want to peer into it. And then I want information. The information is so easy these days with, with the technology and internet Yeah. that one thing stood out to me in the paragraph and, I, and, and my backyard backed up to hundreds of acres of a forest. I can go walk and, and just pick apart deer sign on my own time and, and hunt, you know? Yeah. But the big thing that stuck out to me was if you're going to kill a big buck, you got to go find sheds. I'm like, what the heck's a shed? I didn't even know what a shed was. <laughs> I didn't even know what deer's antlers fell off every year wow. at, at this point, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, they fall off every year? So then I go to like the trap and skeet range and, and, and go shoot clay birds or something. And, and I see a big shed. I see an antler laying on the windowsill. And I'll never forget. I'm like, hey, can I see that real quick? So he showed me it, and I'm like, this is a shed, huh? Like, yeah, we found it out on the field. It must have came off the buck last night. And then I looked at it, I saw the blood on the bottom and the hair, and, and I'm like, wow, this really, this is really, really cool. So my next step was venturing out behind my house in, in the town that I lived in to find a shed. And the best time to find a shed is, you know, March in the spring. Yeah. 
And by damn it, I found one. And when I found that shed, that created another monster like you would not believe. <laughs> that was it. Holy crap. Now it's really a, a, a year long. Like if I could find a shed back here, I can go anywhere and find a shed. And I'm going to set up a tree stand in every single place I find a shed. And it, it, that's it. It just started. And then I, and it, it started to finding giant sheds, huge sheds. I became shed nuts. And the whole thing to me shooting that deer and looking at the sheds was my whole next step of really figuring out deer that are alive and having factual content on that living animal. Wow. That that's how's that, how's that for an answer? I keep going if you want. That was a great answer. (laughs) I I wasn't expecting that. That's a, that's interesting. You know, we out here down South, especially in Alabama, you may run into a shed every once in a while, but really the time when, when most people find sheds, um, is during scouting and, um, Like, uh, for instance, when I scout, uh, I'm going to go and the majority of my scouting is going to be looking for bedding areas and bedding areas are usually where you find a shed and that's how you can confirm. It's really one of the only ways to confirm a buck bed, um, is a buck bed. And, and, and that's kind of how we found them. Is that something similar for you? Is that really where you normally find? these sheds or is it more of the feeding areas or I, I, I actually, I, I rarely find, I mean, I find sheds in, in deer's beds. I'm not a really big bed hunter the way the topography is around here. Yeah. Um, I find sheds everywhere. I mean, last year I found, and I only count fresh, fresh sheds for facts and content. Yeah. I think I found almost 90 sheds just in three months. <laughs> Golly. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I don't think I've found ninety sheds in my life. So, I mean, yeah. I, yep. I, I actually, it, I don't it, just think that. I know I have not found ninety sheds in my <laughs> life. Uh, so, so, what does that do when you find a shed for you? What does that What does that do for you? Well, then it makes me really know that this is where he's wintering in that one quarter of the four quarters of the year I was talking about, how I kind of break it down. Uh-huh. So from there, obviously the facts are that the buck is alive because he dropped the shed pretty much, at least 70%, right? It beats the odds of half. Yeah. From there, I totally branch out into like a wagon wheel or a hub and a spoke and figure out everything around here, try to find his bedroom, try to find where he's feeding, Try to find parallel wind runs during the rut. Try to find east, west, north, and south where I'm coming in. Try to pick out a tree, old scrapes from that year, licking branches from that year. And even if it's not him, if you catch a big fish behind a rock in the current and that fish is dead in your cooler, another fish is going to come and take his place, right? Yeah. So if I can if I can find buck runs that parallel bedrooms far enough away, so during the second quarter of the year, like I'm talking about four quarters of a hole, that a buck during the rut, whether it's a spike or four-pointer or a big, huge 12-pointer, instead of him going in that bedroom and wasting calories and energy trying to find a doe, he's going to stay on that most furthest run with the wind in his face and smell it and learn from his brain if they're in there or not or if he's going to keep moving a mile down the road as they're, as they're moving in that second quarter. Yeah. So as, I'm, as, I, as I find this shed... That, that I definitely have interest in and 
want to really try to pursue and set up and, and, and read the book in this time of the year of February and March and set up for the year after that, I'm going to, I'm going to set everything up for two or three quarters of, of the four quarters, write everything down in my book or in my X, on my X maps and hunt, set up a tree. And, and it, it's, it's all timing on when you're going to hunt it. You found the shed there. First of all, it's a late season wintering area, whether what food source was around. So that could definitely be a go. Maybe I don't hunt it till the end of December because this is where he's coming back after after the rut. He's replenishing his food and not moving far to go, to go eat and live. Or I can read the sign for the rut and find the parallel runs that parallel the bedrooms and catch a, a different giant coming through here because he's here for a reason also because it's safe. Yeah. And they're not going to get killed and they, they feel comfortable. Yeah. And, and so how often would you say, um, uh, you've killed a lot of you've killed a lot of big deer. Um, I'm kind of just interested to know how often have you killed a deer that you found a shed the year before that, where it all kind of fell into place. That doesn't happen a lot, <clears throat> but it probably I probably killed a buck that I have his sheds to. I'm going to say probably maybe half a dozen. Okay, I mean that's so that's and, still a and, good and, and when good this number. happens. Yeah, when this happens, like the buck I shot last year, opening day. Yeah. My friend Adam found one shed. My friend Andrew found the other shed a mile away. Wow. I didn't find the shed. They were with me when I was shed hunting and figuring out these spots. Mm-hmm. And they found them. And I, you know, I killed the buck and they gave me the sheds, which is freaking awesome. Cool as hell. <laughs> I would do the thing. That's awesome. <laughs> Kudos to them, you know. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, give them a shout out. But, What's their names? Yeah. Adam and Andrew. Yeah. Adam, Adam and Andrew. New York. Good job, guys. <laughs> Adam and Andrew. <laughs> Way to be upstanding you can't about citizens. <laughs> That's great. So, so yeah, go when, ahead. When, when, I ki- when, I, when I kill a buck like that that I have a shed to, and, and it's funny, I think that buck has a personality. Either he's being a lazy whitetail that doesn't want to leave the area, like I killed that buck opening day last mm-hmm. year. And I had his sheds and I figured that out perfect to the T and got lucky in a way. Or if I kill a buck that I had his shed to a mile or so away, that's what I was talking about before when you figure it out after it happens and you don't know what happened. Yeah. Like, why did I find this deer shed two miles over there? And what the heck did I kill him here for? How'd that happen? Well, then then what you're able to you know do is I mean? you're, you're really able to put, you, you put the puzzle together after the fact, but... Um, you're by able- accident though. Yeah, like, like it's like an you accident. Sit up in bed. Oh my gosh, babe, are you kidding me? She's like, oh my god, here we go again. I'm like, I killed that deer a mile away, and I found the shuttle all the way up. By, by, I understand why now. She's like, okay, get out of here and go to bed again. Yeah, uh, and but it, but it's it's <laughs> yeah. a part of putting the the greater puzzle for the future. You know, you you, you understand that the deer did this. Well, that he's not the only deer out yep. there doing that. You know, I yeah, mean, exactly. So now. So now you're kind of getting to catch the fish in the current. Another one's going to show up because that one's gone. Doesn't mean another one's going to come. So once you figure it out and realize how to figure it out and it clicks, you can go back to that and reproduce a kill through the years in a certain time, which I'm getting to the quarters now. So you just can't go in there October 1st where you killed a deer November 4th and think you're going to kill one. You need these deer to get on their feet and start searching for those. And you get to these certain runs, and it'll happen again year after year. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it's like it's like a fisherman that's been fishing for 50 years with an incredible map on where to go, how to go, and when to go there. That's yeah. the tickets right there. Those three stages. So, so when you're talking about your quarters, can you can you say that one more time for all the all the listeners what they are and kind of how they're important? Yeah, like 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 I'll break down. Like like here in New York, we have October, November, December, and now they added a couple of years ago. We can hunt all the way through January in this zone because there's so many animals and there's so many deer. Like I just told you, I found 90 shit. That, right. You need a lot of deer in a small area to do that. You just can't go out in the mountains in Alabama and Tennessee and say, hey, look, I found 90 sheds. I understand that. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know what I mean? It's, it's just like I told you, it's a, it, it's a definitely different, and it's I'm lucky to be a bow hunter at this time to be here and to struggle and learn the way I did up until this point. So I've learned that my scouting through the years of finding sheds has totally brought me up to another level of even killing a doe, how deer travel and how deer eat, how deer move from bedding to feeding. So October, I'll really scout my butt off very, very smart right now without going into beds. And I'll hunt these runs that go back and forth from food sources to beds, but not get close to the bedroom and just hunt runs. Mm -hmm. Once this is over, once October, like Halloween comes around, then you're going to get into like, which everyone knows about the seeking stage, the white tail buck, they're going to disperse. They're going to leave their home borders, like where you want to kill them in October. Yeah. And they're going to start going, searching otherwhere and like, looking everywhere, smelling everything to try to find an estrus doe. Mm-hmm. That would be my second quarter. My third, that's my second quarter of, of getting out of where I'm going to hunt October. Now I'm going to get to the seeking stages and, and you can catch a deer. I'm sitting all day. I'm not getting out of my stand. Yeah. You can see nothing in the morning at 1230. Pick your head up off your chest and look to your right. And there's a whopper coming right at you, man. Holy crap. Here we go. Just as stupid as can be. Just walking, just smelling every little thing his nose hit and you can kill a buck. <laughs> All in the afternoon. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, it looks like a clown. (laughs) That was a mistake. (laughs) I love it. Oh man, you love it. So that that would be my second phase of it. (laughs) Excuse me. My third phase of it is probably going to, that's everything calms down a bit. And if I didn't tag out yet, I'll shoot a doe here and there. That's fun, you know, and and, and shooting because I love shooting does. And little doe, big doe areas that I have. And then the end of December comes around. Sometimes you catch like a, a second rut or maybe even a third rut where you'll be hunting and things will happen that you think would happen in the first of November. Yeah. And it is like nuts. I've had some of my best rut kills, best rut activity, December 5th, December 10th. I mean, out of control. Like if I'm, you're not ready for it, you won't believe it. <laughs> and my fourth quarter is like the end of December, January. All the deer. The rut's over, the does are all been bred, the whole woods is calmed down, everyone's upstate hunting or everyone that's half a hunter or or not into it, like like a diehard like I am that lives for it, isn't hunting anymore, and all the pressure's like back to normal again. And all the deer are back into their stages. Like now I'll go where I found sheds. Or or yeah. I'll go back where I was in October and just and trial and error. And, and, and like I was saying, two to 30 years of thinking like a buck to kill a, thinking like a deer to kill a deer, it, uh, it's, it works. 
You just got to stay at it. You know, That's the, the, those are the four quarters. How I hunt the year yeah. of, of, of the months here in New York. Yeah. So, so basically um, <laughs> you're, you're going to look at Alabama's weird. The South is kind of weird. Just all, all together. You, you wouldn't be able to put these four quarters and just kind of put a blanket statement on, on that for the South, because like, Florida ruts at a different time, North Alabama ruts, then South Alabama ruts at a different time. It's, it's all weird. So if you're listening to this guys and, and you're like, like, like what, what, when's your rut down there? Like, like prime time to be in the woods all day. Well, so for me where I hunt, uh, the rut has typically been about the first, first and second week of December. So it's moved about a month. Really? Um, yeah. About a month from where, from what yeah. you're at. Um, and most, yeah. most of the nation is um now south alabama yep. and then some parts of north alabama it's just so weird their rut's not going to be until um january it's going to be super late january wow um and, something, huh? yeah oh yeah and then there's some parts of the state uh two years ago i watched a, a buck dogging several does on the very last day of our season which was february 10th and, and and he was dog and doe. So it's just all over the place. But you can put it into quarters for your area, just the same way as what you're yes. what you're talking about. You can definitely hundred percent put it together in quarters. And 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 that's interesting. You know, I I do tend to go back to hunting more early season areas when it gets to be January and February in that late that later part. Yeah. It's like they go back to those same those same patterns um yeah now alabama we get three buck tags so you know people are tagged out not a whole lot of people are going to be tagged out so at all points in the season usually there's there's somebody somebody in the woods you know trying to get it done to the very end but um but that is cool i like i like how you put that into quarters and i and i and i understand that and i know a lot of people already do that you have that early season bed to food pattern um yep. and, and I, I guess uh you called it you called it your that's what you would call a run kind of just those trails or um you know that yeah that pattern that they that they use during that and then the rut which doesn't have that almost at all you, you can yep. deer deer come from every direction um during that time There's no rhyme or reason just yep. stay, stay in the woods and you know yep and then you have that that uh post rut or um yeah i get that's really what i would call it is the the kind of post rut you, you'll have bucks that are chasing every once in a while you'll see some high rut activity um but for the most yep. part it's for the most part you know you're just kind of everything kind of died down and then you have the late season yep and so guys if you're listening to this that's kind of how you can put that together for where for where you're at in the south um, if you're in Florida, it's going to be totally different than the guy that's in, um, Tennessee. Yeah. I think, I, I think, I think Florida's deer season opened up last week, didn't it? Yeah. Part I'm of it on Instagram. Part of it did. Um, I'm like, Whoa. I said, people killing deer already. Yeah. That's crazy. Hey dude, I'm going to be killing deer in 29 days. In uh, that ain't right now. I'm jealous. In, I'm going to hang this phone up. Listen, man, <laughs> Kentucky, Kentucky velvet bucks. That's what we're going after. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Kentucky's got some. Kentucky's got some big animals. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some slammers out there. I'm pretty excited about it. Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm pretty jacked about it. Okay, so, um, going back from sheds, um, so you that's how you're really putting kind of 
the first part of putting the pieces together. Um, what are you doing, Rick, in the season? You know, let's just say you have a season that's not necessarily going your way, which as long as I've been following you, it kind of seems like all the seasons go your way. But um, yeah, the past, actually the past three have really went my way. Like, like I'm, I think I'm blessed or something. Yeah, yeah something <laughs> the past like that. Three have for been sure. like unremarkable. Yeah, yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been really neat to watch you. But let's just say, let's just say you got something. It's not going your way. You're not seeing bucks. You're not seeing deer from the from the tree. You're just. It's just a struggle. What what does that what does that do for you? What do you do in those type of situations? That doesn't make me angry. It doesn't make me frustrated. I know what's going to happen. I just got to keep doing what I'm doing, hunt the wind religiously, and it's and, and it's got to happen. And if it doesn't, it's not meant to be. Maybe so, there's a guy on the other end of the woods that really needs that, and he's getting it before me. It's, it's that that's spiritually in my mind also, you know. Yeah. Maybe someone's dying of cancer and they just shot their biggest deer, and it's the happiest time in their life before they go. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Because I'm doing my part, and I'm I'm doing the best I can. That's, pos- and, that's positive. If there's anything I can do, anything I can do to, to, to capitalize or think I could do, trust me, I'm doing it. And, and, and I'll try to think out the box, outside the box. And, and, and maybe I'll do a little, you'll never kill a big buck here. I'll do that once in a while. But other than that, I'm really going to stick to what I learned and uh, I'm going to stay positive. And it's all going to come down to you doing your homework, you hunting the wind, you staying at it. You keep doing what you love, and if it's not going to happen, it's pure not. It's purely not meant for you. That time, day, or year, you know. That's kind of yeah. how I see it. That's. That, I mean, as long as I do my part, I'm going to get paid sometime. You know. Heck yeah, dude! You're 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 blowing me away. You're not giving me the the uh, expected um, answers. Uh. <laughs> I told you. I told you when I first met you. I'm gonna tell you the way it is, whether you like it or not. If you yep. don't like it, you can hang up on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not gonna do that. I'm a realist. I'm a real. I'm a realist. Uh, I like it. I like it because it's different. It's not. It's not the same regurgitated information that you hear over and over and over again. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I'm not looking to sound like the big pro deer hunter on a podcast. Cause I could care less about that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. So. So. Um. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of how to how to. <laughs> Uh, phrase the next question um, to where you don't feel like that last answer wasn't good enough because I thought it was good enough. Um, I thought it was a, it was a great answer, but I guess, I guess most of my question is like, what tactics are you going to use um, in the season to obviously you're, 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 you're shed hunting and kind of putting that piece of the puzzle together is great, but what are your in season tactics? Um, does that make does that make sense? Are you are you doing a lot of no, in season scouting? It it, it it makes sense. And what I really started doing the past couple of years is I'm not a big camera guy. You know, cameras you put in the woods. Yeah, I, I, I I'm not the guy that goes out and puts fifteen ten cameras out, and I'm not going to sleep unless I get a shooter on my camera. <laughs> so what I've been doing was during the season on the second quarter of the seeking stage i'm hunting those runs at parallel bedding areas and places that i've been hunting for years that scrapes will show up and licking branches i'll bring a camera with me and keep the camera on that scrape or on that run where i'm going to where my where my shot is or where i'm set up and not check it until i hunt it 
Yeah. So if I don't go to a tree because I need a southeast wind, which we don't get a lot here in New York, maybe three times out of the hunting season, unless there's crazy storms around, I'll be, I'll, I won't go back to that tree for, let's say, three weeks. I'll look at the weather the night before. It's going to be southeast. It's, oh, man, I'm going to go to the block tree. So I get everything, all my gear ready because I know where I'm going. I got the wind written down, everything. I get to that tree in the morning. I'll, as I'm climbing up that tree, I'll grab the card. I'll put it in my pocket. I'll sit in my stand and I'll look at the card. And the vital information that I get from the run that I'm going to shoot a deer on or want to shoot a deer on, whether it's a big doe or, or a big mature buck, or the scrape that it's set up on or a mock scrape that I had made is incredible because that information on the second quarter can either, I can either really stick it out and during the seeking stage, instead of only hunting that tree and not overhunting it, I'm going to overhunt it. I'm going to hunt that tree whenever I can on that wind until I kill what I liked what I saw on that camera or another one that size or bigger is around. So, so that's ask- one thing that I started doing. Like like a northwest wind, we get a lot. So if I get a really good picture during the, only the seeking stage, not the not the not the beginning of October, I will hunt that place as long as the wind's right until I get an opportunity at that buck or at least see one. You know what I mean? Overhunt it. You think yeah. you're overhunting it, but in that in that quarter, it really doesn't matter. Anything can happen at any time, and there's a reason that you got a good picture of a mature deer or a shooter there to begin with, which means another one's going to follow its path. So I think, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's working for me. I, I like that. And, and that's an interesting thing that I don't know that I've ever necessarily even heard anybody say, like you hear so much about in season scouting and, and things like that, which I'm a huge fan of. I, I'll scout, yep. you know, set up on fresh sign. That's kind of, that's kind of a thing that I do often. Um, uh, uh, you see what you just said. Set up on fresh sign. Yeah. Now, do you, you set up on fresh sign with a lot of pressure on public? No. The the places I go to, that's why I use the kayak. So so I'm using gotcha. the kayak to get away from the pressure. So, you know, it, it works for me. I, I do, I see a lot of deer. Um, but the thing that you said that I, that I like, I mean, it, I really do like it, is that really, I mean, you're not going to do... Your October is going to be where you know deer are going to be, and you're not really going to do, you're not really going to get away from that. You know what I'm saying? You're going to use the information that that your scouting gave you, and you're going to, that's where you're going to be at. And you're not going to change, you're not going to change a whole lot of the game. But during the rut, during that second phase, the seeking phase, I'm getting is where I'm you're getting aggressive. You're yeah, you're getting yep. aggressive. You're changing changing spots, doing, you know, maybe making some risky moves or um, you know, checking the tra- trail camera and and doing that, which is which is an interesting concept and I I like it. You know, I, I think that's Yeah. I think that's uh I, I don't know that I've ever really heard somebody especially somebody with the success that you've had put it in that in that manner. And so I I like that. I think Yeah. You know, that that could be something that I put into place um for me you know i know i know places in october at the beginning of the season that early season it's just a bed to food pattern i know those places but i find myself so many times second guessing and saying you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna walk until i find you know something else i'm gonna find something different instead of going to those places where i know i've seen deer over and over and over and over again um yep 
that's that's good. I, I think a lot of guys are going to get a lot out of that that comment right there. Um, yeah, I started doing that like three years ago, and it's it, it worked. It, it definitely it's definitely working. In fact, it worked last year, but I was already tagged out. I had to let like a 150 make like a scrape and roll around in it and pee in it and grab the licking branch and <laughs> had really cool video of them. I said, all right. So again, that goes to my that goes to my notes that you know this is something that. I'm tagged out and I have two more months to hunt. I can't kill a buck and I won't kill a buck, but now I can get in the woods and get vital information and not worry about being in the wrong spot and just see if it works. And, yeah. and that's another thing. If I'm tagged out early, I'll use that to my advantage of really just going and experimenting with my bow. And, you know, yeah. if I see a big double killer as long as, you know, yeah. but that helps me a lot too, by tagging out early and getting in there and saying, you know what, let me get on that run that I found back in March that I saw the old scrape that was from during the rut. Let me just set up on the one side of it with the wind in my face and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And geez, I, I mean, I could meet my guys after that at the truck. My two friends would be like, I had nine shooters walk by me. They're like, what? I'm like, you <laughs> got to get in this tree. Come on, get over here. Tomorrow you got to get in that tree. So, so the information that you find on, on, on that is also, again, back to your answer on what would I do changing up during the season? If I'm tagged out early, I'm going to be smart. I'm not going to say, all right, I'm not hunting anymore. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to really bust my butt and get in the woods and, and have trial and error for, for the next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. That's, that's good stuff. That's very valuable yeah. information. I've, I experienced that this year. I tagged out on December the 7th, I think, or the 5th. It's like the 5th or the 7th. I can't remember. And, uh, I'd shot my three bucks and I kept hunting, um, for does and, Mm-hmm. Man, I cannot tell you how much information I got just from doing that. Um, cause I, See, I, I was amazing. willing, I was willing to take a little more risks, you know, I, I was willing to go yeah, in some that's, areas. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, and you're it not, did you're a not lot of good. thinking it too much. Yeah. You, you, you find that you, you tend to get on deer a little bit better whenever you're not overthinking everything. And, yep. you know, I mean, I could have tagged out again. And and that yep. was just I didn't even hardly hunt these areas um, in January at all, and then none in February. So I was just it was just the end of December through that month. I could have well, tagged out not, again. If, if, if you're not tagged out this year, but then you better get back in that tree with the right wind. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Don't yeah. don't don't just sit back and relax whenever you're you're tagged out. Go out and. Because it's not always going to. Ha- I know I'm not always going to tag out by December the seventh. You know, I mean. There's... What I what what I did, what I did this year for our extended season now because it went into January two or three years ago I think it was. Yeah. I tagged out again before the rut this year in New York. <clears throat> I set up one spot my camera at the end of December just for January, on my own mock scrape that I made, and I left it there the whole month and didn't go back till February to get the camera. I think I had in daylight hours a dozen different deer over 140 man and that's great tearing it up until they drop their sheds until they drop their antlers wow so now that that's information if i have a rough season like you were talking about and you're not capitalizing that's in my armor and in my notebook that you know what i'm going back to what information i got last year instead of not going in the woods again i let the camera do work for a january sit you know what i mean yeah man that's that's smart, and and I think a yeah. lot of guys, I think a lot of guys really, and myself included, I'm like this. Once once I tag out, a lot of times I'm just, 
I'm just going to relax for a little bit and I'm not yep. going to, you know. No, for me, it gets worse. Yeah. I'll, be in, I'll be home later, babe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on next season. <laughs> That's it. Um, exactly what it is. I'm working on next season, 100%. Man, that is good stuff. I'm sitting here looking at the clock, man, and we're we're a little bit over what, what the time slot that I have is. But, dude, I think we could keep going for like two more hours. We can go for more than that. I'll tell you, talk till the sun comes up. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, there there is a there there is a difference between talking to southern guys and talking to northern guys, and uh, and yeah. I think that difference is, is that you northern guys, man, y'all like you kind of have to just stop y'all because y'all just keep talking. <laughs> and you guys are saying y'all a little too much. Yeah, well, yeah, we just talk, we just we just talk funny. But I learned how to say y'all tonight. That's that's fantastic. Listen, you taught me about that's deer fantastic. hunting. I taught you how to be a redneck. Fantastic. We're good. That's cool, man. That's cool. <laughs> but man, dude, Rick, I'm I am telling you right now that we're gonna have to get you on the show again at some point in the near future, maybe during the deer season, to catch up with uh, with all the stuff that you're doing. But dude, I really appreciate you coming on the show tonight, man. I, I think a lot of our listeners are really gonna enjoy this. No, I really appreciate you having me, and whenever you want to go again, I'm here for you. All right, thank you so much, Rick, for coming on the show. Man, I, I told you at the beginning of the episode that it was going to be um, different than what you thought it would be. Some of his answers to my questions were just so, um, it, it was just so far away from a lot of the regurgitated information that you hear over and over and over again. Um, and so, man, that, that whole bit about shed hunting and that playing such a huge part into how he how he hunts and where he sets up at. Man, that was so good. Um, go give Rick a follow on Instagram. That's at Double Lunger, D-O-U-B-L-E underscore L-U-N-G-E-R-R-R-R. Um, go give him a follow. He's always posting some awesome, awesome deer hunting content on his Instagram page. And, uh, and man, once deer season gets here, it's it's like a... It's like a never-ending thing with him. He's always posting pictures of big deer hitting the ground or walking by him because he's already tagged out like he talked about. Um, so go give him a follow. It's, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure of mine to be able to follow him and, and see what he's doing. It's also been a huge pleasure to get to talk to him on this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the Local Legend series. It was a, uh, a blast to be able to put out. Uh, and like I said at the beginning of this episode, we're going to be doing a, another episode very soon taking a lot of the key points that these guys have have mentioned and that they're, they're putting into place and really trying to break it down for us. And, um, and so I think that's going to be a good time. I've, I've talked to my friend Ted Bright, who is a great dude from Missouri, and uh, he's going to help me, and we're going we're gonna to kind of break this down for you guys. Um, so I think that's going to be a really good episode. This is the second episode in being weekly. So if you are... Um, if you are looking for something to listen to every single week, you can now do that with the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Uh, it's no longer going to be bi-weekly. Um, we're going to be doing it every single week, and uh, that is something I'm really excited about doing. Also, go check out the uh, YouTube page. That's the Sportsman's Nation YouTube page. Um, we have got several videos in line to, to be recorded right now. Um, if you're listening to this, let's see. You're going to be listening to this a week probably from when I'm recording it right now. So we will have a brand new video up at that point. We're doing a, um, a collaborative series with Chasing Tales. That's Walter Lee. 
that you guys may know. It's a collaborative series called The Saddle Season Prep. And basically what it is is we're just running through our whole system, our climbing method, our pack-in method, our um, kind of our setup in the tree, um, just to kind of give you guys an, an example of what we're doing every single time we go into the woods. And maybe you're looking for some of these ideas, and this will make it a little bit easier for you. Right now, I can tell you we already have two videos on there. Um, I've got my climbing method on the Sportsman's Nation channel, and Walter has his climbing method on the Chasing Tails channel. So go and check those out. Um, give each channel a subscribe, and I think you're going to enjoy a lot of the content that we've got coming, coming through there. As always, check out the, the Facebook page, at Southern Ground Hunting. Um, and also the Instagram page at Southern Ground Hunting. Give it a follow and uh, and hopefully you like what we post. I mean, I, I can't tell you it's always awesome, but it is uh, it is something I enjoy doing. And uh, it's, it's a good way to stay stay in the loop on, on what's going on here at Southern Ground and uh, and to see what we're see what we got going on. So um, like I mentioned before, Demo Day is coming up August 24th. That's going to be in Odenville, Alabama, just outside of Birmingham. If you're a saddle hunter. Come on out. If you're not a saddle hunter but you want to be, come on out. It's going to be free. Lunch is provided. And bring your bows. That's going to be it for this episode, guys. I will talk to you next week. As always, remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.